When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad here, and we appreciate everyone who has subscribed to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash scorenorth for daily Vikings content in your feed. Before we get to our guest today, a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners here in the state of Minnesota and around the country for over 100 years, based in Owatonna. And this is not the year to have wishy-washy insurance or to not have peace of mind. Federated brings that peace of mind, and they bring trusted resources to you and your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. And we love ourselves some pro football focus. PFF Eric is a friend of the show. And PFF Steve is here to talk about the article that was posted. You you have put together for 2020 NFL quarterback tiers. And we love two things on this show, Steve. We love ranking things. And so that's category number one. And we love talking about Kirk Cousins. And when those two things intersect, it's basically football crack for us. So um, what are your thoughts on where Kirk Cousins ranks and where does he fall in your quarterback tiers? Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. So first of all, the rankings thing, I just the thing I don't like is trying to rank one through 32. So I I copped out and I just went tiers one through four. And, you know, because I do think. I think in today's NFL, you're really splitting hairs. If this guy's 12th and this guy's 14th, I mean, there's not much of a difference. So cousins is, I think a tier three quarterback. And in my description of the tier three quarterback is a guy that in any given year could put up top 10 production or play like a top 10 quarterback. That was last year with Kirk cousins, but they, they have dependency. And I think, you know, cousins, he's put up really good, just raw stats throughout his career, but he has only ranked in the top 10 in PFF grades twice now. And I think our grades are a better indicator of how a guy actually played, and the stats are an indicator of how uh, the passing offense played, so to speak, if you're using passer rating or yards per attempt or even some of the advanced numbers that people use. So I think Cousins is one of those guys where if the ecosystem's good, the play calling, the playmakers, all of that, when all of that's good, he can shine. Um, but he's certainly not in that top you know, one or two tiers where – uh, you give him a lesser supporting cast, and he's going to, you know, drag those guys to ten wins and drag those guys to a to a productive season. So, Steve, is Kirk past the point of of 
realistically ha- having a shot to get to tier two, or is there is there something that, that he could do during the course of um, the coming season where there would be a chance that he could move up into what's an ex- ex- you know pretty exclusive club of quarterbacks there in tier two. Yeah, and I think when you look at tier two as well, I mean, we're definitely seeing like a shift, I think, in the NFL. If you just went back through the last decade, say, hey, who are the top 10 quarterbacks? I think most people would land on the same names. Um, And now a lot of those guys are either getting older, retired or whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, I think there's tier two. I look at like this consistently, you know, top eight or 10 quarterback year in, year out. Could Cousins do that? Absolutely. I think the the things that I that I liked seeing last year were like the Denver game, making a comeback in a a game where you just in the past, it'd be like, Hey Kirk, why are you still checking down, down 20 yards, you know, down 20 points. And he's, he's making some big plays and he's shown flashes of that throughout his career. I think for cousins to take that next step, it's a lot of that, like quote unquote, it stuff, um, crunch time, comeback situations, ball is in your hands, just being a little bit more consistent there, being more aggressive there, I think would be cousins path to be considered a consistent top 10 quarterback because I think in the past, again, the stats have been fine, but there's always been something missing. And it's not just, Hey, he doesn't win on Monday night football. It was something against better teams on the road in all these key situations. He would falter a little bit last year. I think we saw, saw him kind of dig himself out of that a little bit better. So, and just, and just for the audience here to go through, he just in case and go, go read the article on PFF.com tier one, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Two two guys who are going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Two Super Bowl winners. Tier two, Lamar. So tier two, guys who are likely to elevate teammates. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. A couple guys maybe coming out of tier one as they get older yeah. there. And then tier three, as you explained. So it's it's there's some volatility and there's some conservative nature quarterbacks that will need that ecosystem and infrastructure. But when things are good... They can win a lot of games. And my question for you is with these tier three quarterbacks, and you did put Joe Burrow in here, and and ideally for, for him, he would move up that ladder at some point. For these veteran tier three quarterbacks, what do you do when it's time to pay them 30 plus million dollars? Because that's the decision the Vikings have had to make with Kirk. And and we all know that they said, well, we got to pay him 32 million. What do you do when you get to that point with tier three guys? I don't know. It is <laughs> it, it's such a challenge. I mean, I talk about this with my uh, podcast host Sam Monson quite a bit. Um, I think the NFL, and I think it was twenty or twenty-one quarterbacks ended up in the top three tiers in my rankings here. Um, I think the NFL is at a point where it's easier to find a Kirk Cousins. It's easier to find a Jared Goff. I think five, six, seven, eight years ago, Andy Dalton was kind of like the middle guy. It's like you want a guy better than Andy Dalton, but not if you're worse than Andy Dalton, like you're in trouble. Um, Andy Dalton is no longer he used to be like the 15th best quarterback now he's probably 25th you know I think it's easier to find those guys and I think that's what makes the paying a quarterback tricky um and we all live in this social media world these tier three quarterbacks these are the guys where if you've got if you're a fan of that guy during a game you'll have plenty to tweet about if you're a detractor of that guy you'll have plenty to tweet about right so everybody always likes to make their point during a game that's these guys told you Jared Goff is great I I told you Carson Wentz is terrible like that stuff all happens and that's cousins and that's all those guys so my answer is I don't know exactly however I don't think paying a paying a quarterback 30 million if you know all right here's my guy he's locked in now we have to build everything around him offensively get him playmakers I don't think it's not going to hurt you from a team building standpoint there's a certain level of comfort I think that you're paying for but you also have to know like hey he's not going to carry your team like you got a lot more work to do to get all the production you need out of them exactly 
In your mind, how much does uh, Diggs being gone, Steve, impact Kirk too? And and how, how much of a problem could it, that, that cause? Because, I mean, he is a top-notch, very good player. He's subtracted now. How, how much is that going to uh, affect Kirk in 2020? It's significant. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on Justin Jefferson here. But like when I was just putting together receiver rankings. And when I'm doing that, I put the bills at five. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, with the bills, I, John Brown's good. Cole Beasley's good. If it was just them, you know, they're 15th or something like that. But you add Diggs and all of a sudden they're five. And then you're looking at the Vikings and it's like if they had Diggs and Thielen, they're a top five receiving core. There's a question at wide receiver three, but they can mitigate that with the two tight ends. Fine. But now they're like in the 20s as far as just receiver rankings go. Now, that doesn't always mean that's how the production is going to match up. We've seen other quarterbacks have success with addition by subtraction, like you know, Tom Brady lost Randy Moss and won the MVP. And that stuff happens, but um, it's more difficult. It's certainly more difficult. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Justin Jefferson. When you have that baseline of here's Diggs who gets open at every level of the field, here's Thielen who can do the same thing and win from the slot. It's just this great baseline of production plus the two tight ends that have various skill sets. To me, that's how you win in the NFL. When you have a tier three guy, I always point back to 2015 Andy Dalton. That guy had an incredible statistical season. He had A.J. Green and Marvin Jones. Muhammad Sanu was a nice three. Tyler Eifert was an awesome tight end that year. He had some backs to catch it. Like That's how you win with those quarterbacks. So I do think it, it raises major question marks for the Vikings and puts that pressure on Jefferson. Let me ask you this about about quarterback tiers and, and rankings. If we were to go out, let's say five years from now, so let's say 2025, and and, and there's going to be quarterbacks that come in, Trevor Lawrence will come in, but of, of the guys that are in the league right now, including the 2020 draft class, what do you think the NFL's top five quarterback list looks like in 2025? Pat Mahomes, obviously at the top. Yeah. Who else? Yeah, I think Mahomes, obviously, Tom Brady, still there, right? <laughs> Five years from now? Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Just, um, spending 20 hours so, a day in uh, a hyperbaric chamber and then eating kale for the other four hours. That should get you he'll to... He'll find a way. Yep. He'll find a way. Um, yeah, so I think obviously, yeah, you said Mahomes. I think Lamar obviously has a chance to be there. I put him in tier two just because I need to see it one more time. Um, I'm still a Baker Mayfield believer. I think, you know, in our world, we've got five years of data on him. Four of them have been exceptional last year was the bad one so it's the most recent thing we saw if he bounced back and was a top eight or ten quarterback this year I wouldn't be surprised um I think Deshaun Watson certainly has a shot there and then um knowing what we know about college Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields they look like a one and a 1a type of uh you know top two draft picks who who both have a chance to be up there so yeah Mahomes Watson Wilson Lamar maybe Lawrence and Fields are up there um who did I just mention where, uh, where are you at with Kyler Murray I think Kyler certainly has that potential. He was like he was on his way to having this exceptional rookie season. Um, and the beauty of our play-by-play grading is we don't forget. I think it was weeks thirteen and fourteen. He was just terrible. It was the Steelers. It was the Rams. Back-to-back games. He was just terrible. And I think people forget those two games. I, that kind of crushed his grade and crushed where he was. He's got all the potential, the accuracy. Um, down, you know, he throws the ball. 10 yards plus, you know, really, really well. Good decision maker, just took way too many sacks in the pocket, has some ways to improve, but um, has that rushing ability too that kind of offsets a little bit of that. Murray could absolutely be in that mix, but, it, you know, we got to see more. He struggled a little bit down the stretch. Right. Give, give me your uh, tier four QB right now, Steve, who you think could sky, sky uh, go higher, I should say, in uh, 2020. So it's definitely Kyler, who I, I put there – 
he's kind of three four, and Burrow was was three four for me. They were just right on the cusp. Um, I think statistically, I'm not supposed to back up Josh Allen being from PFF. I think statistically, Diggs and that receiving core is going to make Josh Allen look good. He remind so I don't know that he'll get better necessarily, but I think we might come out of this year saying, "Wow, Josh Allen, year three took a big step forward because he's got the three receivers to throw to, pretty good group of backs, and he." He adds a lot of rushing value as well. You know, he feels like the type of guy who's going to have this ugly, you know, 28 passing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. And at the end of the season, you're going to say, hey, look at this guy. He accounted for a lot of touchdowns. Didn't play great quarterback, but because everything around him was good, we might think Josh Allen is even better uh, than he played at the end of the season. Yeah, Uh, I think what we're finding out here and PFF has contributed to this over the years where I think we're finally there, there seems to be more success identifying top quarterbacks, if you go back and look at some of the first round, even like as recently as 2012-13, there just seems to be a lot of egregious whiffs in the first round. Like Christian Ponder was a ridiculous whiff here. And it kind of feels like the science of judging quarterbacks is finally catching up to maybe the analytics in other sports. What is like, whether it's something rooted in analytics or something more rooted in traditional scouting for you, if, if a team said, all right, listen, Steve, we... We just need like the number one or number two qualities that we should look at to determine, yes, this guy can be a franchise quarterback. What are the two most important things for judging a young quarterback? Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still inexact, but I do think if you look statistically, the, the best thing you can do, and, and you know, PFF Eric has done a great job of this, is just say, okay, what things do stay most consistent? So while scouts are saying, man, look at how he plays under pressure. Look at how he makes this play on the run. It's do you hit open throws from a clean pocket? Do you do the thing that you're going to have to do at the NFL level 55, 60, 65 percent of the time? Do you do that well? You know, what makes Tom Brady and Drew Brees and what makes those guys great? It's like the easy stuff. It's not YouTube highlights for four minutes. It's you have to drop back 600 plus times in a year and be good, not 30 times. So I think clean pocket performance and early down performance and hitting open throws, those big sample sizes from college. When you see a guy have success there, it's easier to project him going forward. Um, and then so that's kind of one thing. The other one is, um, is that fake it factor that you just don't know. You just, it's, it's really tough to, to figure out, but I think th- that's where like Patrick Mahomes has bucked the trend a little bit. And Dak has bucked the trends. They weren't great from college production standpoint, but there was something about the way they handle the pocket and just have this natural playmaking ability. I think today's NFL quarterbacks need to be able to just make plays inside and outside of structure. And I think that's why NFL quarterbacks have gotten a little bit better over these last couple of years. They got a little bit better outside the pocket playmaking, actually. Is Cam still good, do you think? I've always I love talking about Cam because I was just mentioning this earlier today somewhere. When he signs with the Patriots, you say former MVP Cam Newton, and yeah. it's like, yeah. He was MVP one year out of eight. That was the outlier season of his career. He is, he, I think he's been this tier three guy his entire career. He's good, not great. Um, if, if everything's around him, he was exceptional in 2015. But he's got two top ten rankings by our numbers um, in his career, 15 being one of them. So he's good. He's not great. He makes, he makes exceptional throws. His highlight reel is awesome. Um, he's got to get better with the short area accuracy and decision-making and some of that stuff. And um, he's great when you tap into that skill set. You're okay rushing him 100 times in the designed run game and get, you know letting him take those hits. And Belichick might let him do that this year. 
um, you know, on a one-year contract if he's trying to win. Who knows with the opt-out stuff right now? So, I love this. Um, a- a- by the yeah. way, uh, Adam, yeah, sure. let's talk about Adam this. Schefter. This great. I can't believe Schefter tweeted this. He's very much information guy, right? And Adam Schefter tweeted out, I don't know, like an hour ago as we record this episode of Purple Daily. He says, actual text exchange with an NFL executive today after a sixth Patriot opted out. Executive, quote, you know Belichick is masterminding all of this somehow. Schefter goes, for what reason? The unnamed executive says, I don't know. That's why he is who he is. Of course, this this feels very much late '90s San Antonio Spurs, where they're like, "All right, David Robinson's out. Let's go get. Let's be terrible. Get Tim Duncan, and then come back and be a dynasty again." It would be classic Belichick. The whole league's afraid of him. Yes, I mean, no matter what he does. <laughs> I mean, this was even the talk around the draft. It's like, oh, they didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't sign anybody. They're going to tank for te- Trevor Lawrence and own the league for the next twenty years. I mean. I guess that's the nature of because he's always done things a little unorthodox. He's done it his own way. Um, And I always make this phrase, right? Everybody says it's a copycat league, right? Like the Packers are copying right now what the Niners did last year. I think is, I think it's ridiculous. The best teams are innovators. They're ahead of the game. Bill Belichick hasn't copied anybody throughout the years. He's set the tone and that's why the league's afraid of him because he's an innovator and he's always done things differently to the point now that they're in his head, they think everything is some big, you know, conspiracy. Here's why Bill is so smart, though. We all think Brady's gone to the Bucks and Bill, and it's going to be Bill versus Tom in 2020, right? And he's going to compete, and they're going to go, Bill doesn't think that way. Bill thinks, screw 2020. I'll win two games. Brady can go, do, go win a Super Bowl. I don't care. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to win the war. And the war is I go two and fourteen. I draft the top QB available, and now my team is set for how long? So I think that that we're all we're all you know simpletons in our thinking of it's Bill versus Tom this year. Bill doesn't think about this year. Bill's thinking about twenty one and beyond. I think. See, the thing is, I don't. I think you're half right. I don't think he's ever changed that mentality. He's never said, I've only got Tom for one more year. We got to go all in. He's never said that. You know, he didn't say that at any point in the last five years. Every decision they make had both short term and long term uh, effects that that were considered, you know, and I think that is what has separated them from other teams. Other teams, the GM's like, oh, man, I'm in year three. I better make a move. It's a win now. Or the Lions, it's Matt Patricia's year three. We got to go all in. There's there's never an all in move from new england it's always let's win in the short term let's win in the long term and even when brady was gone they go and draft a whole bunch of safeties and you know somewhat impact players that just fit the system they didn't change what they did i think that's what's made them so good is that consistency with what they do year in year out well my video feed has crapped out but i will not be silenced with one final question for (laughs) pff steve palazzolo here uh on quarterback rankings and kirk cousins if you could compare Kirk Cousins to one food item, what food item would Kirk Cousins be, Steve? Oh, what food item? As, <laughs> as a quarterback. I think it's, As it pertains to your quarterback rankings. It's like unseasoned chicken. I would say it's just plain. That's fitting for Cousins. It's plain chicken. Like, it's good for you. It's good enough. It doesn't taste all that good. But it'll kind of get the job done if you're trying to get your protein, you know? The problem is Stefan Diggs was like the barbecue sauce, right? And the toppings, oh, yeah. the yeah. toppings are gone now to a certain degree, right? Yeah. Yes, he needs he needs what now the analogy is working. He needs way more toppings. Yeah, to, 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 you know, <laughs> that's great. Tastes good. Uh, hey, thanks for coming on with us, man. We appreciate it, and we'll we'll do it again sometime. 
Thanks, Absolutely. Steve. Thanks, guys. All right. That's PFF Steve. Go check out uh, all of Pro Football Focus and stuff at PFF.com. That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily with Mackie and Jeb. We'll see you next time. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.